kind of person who opts to stand up when someone is passing in front of your seat? Well, if you are, then you're in good company. Today we'll be sharing stories from our past, playing some games, and maybe even performing a live sketch or two. Let's cross our fingers for good quality hotel soap. Grab your knitting needles and a blanket because it's time for three old friends to sit around and sew a new patch into their quilted friendship. So join me, Dion, under the covers for our final patch of season four with Christian. Welcome to Patchwork. And Josh. Welcome to Patchwork. Now, before we before we get started, we have an enormous announcement. So, for those of you familiar with the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, um, we are doing two live shows. Mm. In April, we'll be doing it uh, Saturday afternoon on April 4 and also April 18. Um, Patreons, you will have received access to tickets. You probably have bought them all up. So, for those listening now, you're stuffed. No, you're not stuffed. <laughs> You'll be fine. Um, just go to the Comedy Festival website, search for Welcome. Welcome to Patchwork and get what a your surprise. tickets. Yeah, who would have thought? What do I search for at this website? <laughs> what have I seen? And, um, and yeah, get your tickets. It's going to be an hour and a half show. It's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. We're going to have special guests coming through as well. Um, so yeah, a giant gong. Yeah, giant gong. Daryl and Plucker's going to be there. What else is there going to be? Christian, any other references to the 90s that half of our audience won't understand? We'll have a VHS player. <laughs> So, yeah, live shows, Melbourne Comedy Festival uh, in April. Um, tickets on sale now. Tickets on sale now. Go Details in the show notes of this episode. Now, before we get started, Josh, if you can cast your mind back to patch 59, we had Sammy J in with us. Now, if you remember, we did a little bit where we discussed how you read credit card numbers out. Yeah. <laughs> Right, this is going. So I can't believe that in the retrospective, I'm calling on something that happened so recently, but only last night. What? Dion and I were on the phone, and I had to get a certain credit card number off of Dion. And I I had, I later had to listen back to the episode because Dion, you never really discussed how you deliver credit cards to people. Yeah, but Josh, this is how Dion. Read his credit card out to me. Great. Ready? Four, five, six, seven, eight, seven, nine, two. <laughs> and then I had to, I had to stop him. And go, whoa, 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 whoa! The worst part was I slowed down, continued, and stuffed up the numbers. <laughs> stuffed up so the numbering. That was one, Ugh. one unforgivable thing. The oh. second that he did, the expiry date. What's wrong with that? Zero two two three. <laughs> That's fine. Too fast, and give it to me as February. 2023. No, why? No, give him the numbers. Go 0223. That's yeah, what I but said. There was no break. There was no break. <laughs> Fine. But what do you think it is? The you last... know how many numbers to expect. I'll give you a pass on that one. The third one was the CSV. That you, you started reading. No, you started Not reading. The CSV. <laughs> <laughs> you started reading the credit card number. Four, five, six, seven, and then you started laughing, and then he went to, <laughs> and then he started went to go back to resume reading, and went to the start and started again. I had to. I am so shocked that you did that so appallingly. I am really shocked as well. It's a weird thing to do so badly because clearly you've done it so many times in your life. Clearly you haven't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and you were so adamant about how people should read it out. I know. I'm so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Look, let me do it now. I'll get out my wallet. I'll read it straight out. It's one of those things though, like you think you'd be really good at it or you talk a big game, but oh. then you step up to the plate, Dion. Swing and a miss. No, but you know what? In my defense, I was very good natured about it. I was I thought it was a shocking display. Yeah. It was a terrible it was terrible. <laughs> he called it out during it, did he? He did. He acknowledged <laughs> oh. it. He goes, Oh god, this is gonna be on the show, isn't I, it? I just I knew it at the time. I knew it at the time. It was a shoe in. 
Throughout season four, uh, we played a little game that we called Copycat, where it started with us doing a Tim Allen impersonation, <laughs> uh, then it evolved to us doing a convincing uh, cough. Was it? No, it was a sneeze. It was a convincing a sneeze. sneeze. Yeah. Um, and then we also finished up with the squeaky mouse opening a squeaky door. Um, so we'd like to go back and revisit Copycat once again. And this time, between the three of us, who can do the most convincing? The, the, and it's the most natural sounding. It's the okay. one that you can't tell you're putting it on. Yeah. It's like this is what it actually sounds when someone's talking and they yawn in the middle of a sentence. And we've just got a random book from <laughs> Krishna's mum's house that we've just picked up. So, Dion, we'll start with you. At last, after many more assurances of help, with a steaming mug of tea in front of him, Hagrid blew his nose on a handkerchief the size of a... (laughs) (laughs) You like the last bit? (laughs) That's it? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Oh, man. That was great. Yeah, yeah, that was good, Dion. (laughs) (laughs) The lip smacking was very interesting. And this is Josh now. At last, after many more assurances of... With a steaming mug of tea in front of him Hagrid blew his nose on a handkerchief The size of a tablecloth Whatever I had like the second wave following that No wonder (laughs) Yeah I know Alright Christian your turn At last After many more assurances of help with a steaming mug of tea that in front was of him. Garbage. That was that so was bad. So bad. You led it well. You didn't have the back half. No, the back half that actually hit it you. Didn't, I thought it was coming and it stopped. You're not tired enough. <laughs> I thought I was like, pretend you're tired. Yeah, Just yeah. pretend you're Don't tired. Let's talk through it. It's all in the audio. <laughs> <laughs> now, as this is the grand retrospective part two. Let me cast your minds back to patch 55. Now, Dion, you had a text exchange, a WhatsApp exchange in our big thread with one of our friends, Chris. Yes, we were trying to arrange a dinner. Chris was organizing it, withdrew. I got annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) Now, something similar happened to me a couple of weeks ago. With Chris? With Chris. Ah. So, and, And this is showing a pattern of behavior now, Dion. Now, we were organising to go out to Hillsville about an hour and a half drive from where we both lived. The night before, we had a text exchange saying, hey, we're having a big night. Chris, you're going to give me a lift. Cool, that's great. Did you have a time that you wanted to get there in the well, morning? Well, we said around 10 o'clock. Okay, 10. But the right. key message was that he said, I'll ping you in the morning. Yep. And I said, cool. So, 7.35 the next morning, I get a message saying, how are you? I'm still asleep. At 8.30, I wake up. I respond to him, I exist. Mm. How are you? Mm. At that point, he tells me he's already on the road to our mate's place in Hillsville. I've missed out. I've missed out on my ticket to ride. (laughs) (laughs) My question to both of you, should he have given me a call at 7.35 to say, hey, I'm thinking of leaving, or was a text enough? So just just to clarify, that initial message he sent at 7.23, you didn't get that message? I was still asleep. Oh. So yeah. are you asking, should you? why were you still asleep? Well, because <laughs> we were planning to get there at 10. So I was thinking in my head, it takes about an hour and a half. I'll get up at about quarter past eight. Done. So you'd you'd reverse engineered the timing, yeah, and you were still fine to get there on time for ten. Yeah, but here's me thinking the the common courteous thing to do would be to give me a call, right? To uh, not leave before he's made contact with you. Absolutely, but I think that he thought I've dismissed my burden here. I've sent him a text message. 
I think I think the text message by itself is fine and only one is fine. But the thing is, nothing in that text message suggested that he was going to head off anyway. But then I started thinking, is it courteous that he sent a text message and didn't call because I might be asleep? But would a call have woken you up? Well, that's what I mean. Maybe he didn't want to wake me. Maybe he's like, hey, he was going to a metal festival. I'll let him sleep. I've got no problem with waking people if I've got plans. Yeah. I've got no problem with, with waking who? people. <laughs> hey, Josh, just thought you might know. I'm going out with Christian this morning. This is your this is your morning alarm clock. Um, yeah, I've got no problem with that, I don't think. like, So, I don't know. I think that if you didn't need to be up at that time, I think he should have waited to, and, and approximated how far you were from the house to get there at 10 a.m. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think if the plans were changing and he was leaving early, it probably warrants, warrants a call. But if that's, not, if that's not the case, then the message itself was fine. Because if he was just going to carry on business as usual and you're both going to get there, the message is fine. But it seems like he's jumped ahead and like, I'm going to leave early. I think if that's happening, you need to call up and go, hey, updated plans, new plan is this. What do you think? Well, yeah, especially if I'm relying on him for a lift. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, I mean, it does cut the cost in half. Josh, I know you're very big on convoys. <laughs> like, you're very big on convoys. I don't get convoys. If you're going to drive, just drive oh. to a place and just get to the same place. You don't need no. to stop at the same no, point. No, because... The- oh, you've changed, Christian. <laughs> you've changed. The convoy is a very exciting thing to be a part of because your friends are in front of you, your friends are behind you, and then when you get to the destination, you've got the same walk in, and then you get to walk back together, you can leave together. But what about if one of the people is a... Like, if the person at the front's a faster driver... And then you got to sort of like, it's just, I don't know. It's just the convoy doesn't always work. The convoy through the city no, doesn't work. The con- <laughs> convoy always works. All you need to do is stick to the speed limit. And whoever in, everyone's in front, they just go the speed limit and everyone matches that. Question, Josh. Yes. Let's say that you are at the front of the convoy. Yes. It's a green light for you. Through you go. Yeah. Yellow for the next. Red for the back car. Um, I will pull. If I notice that the convoy is broken, I will pull over. You'll pull over. Yeah, I'll pull over and wait. All right, let me tell you about this. So on New Year's, um, we were convoying with friends and we had them behind and they were like, should I type the address into the GPS? And I was like, no, 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 don't worry about it. Just just follow me, just follow me. After 10 minutes, one of those incidents happened where we got to the intersection and they were left behind. We went ahead. I pulled over, got out of the car and said, hey, don't worry about the convoy. Just type it into GPS. We'll get there when we get there. <laughs> I abandoned the convoy. There's not. There's no huge advantage with the convoy. Can I ask? Were you a music the- festival is a little bit different. Yes, of course. A music festival is different because you want to arrive at the same time. Yes, and you're going to be in queue together. But one of yes. my favourite things in convoy that happened to me once, and you should all try this one time. You know how if you've got a car that's in between really old and not quite new enough, that kind of thing, and you have the um, radio transmitter. And yep. you can plug it into your phone. So, and- what are you driving? A submarine? <laughs> <laughs> An FM transmitter. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so you set a frequency for it. Yep. And then it, it broadcasts your phone ah. and you tune your radio into that frequency, right? And it's all about finding a spare frequency. Yep. And they have very limited range. So I was in this convoy once where we were close enough and we kept going in and out of the sad. signal. So you're like, we're listening to their music and you could tell what you're dropping a bit it's far back. She's like, hang on. The music's gone. Quick, speed up, speed up, speed up. That's, That's pretty amazing. good. It was so good. Almost a sole reason to convoy. <laughs> Almost it. the best reason to convoy. But other than music festivals, do you bother convoying? Yeah, it's I, a drag. I'm happy. No, to con- that's I'm- the whole point of the convoy. There's no drag. <laughs> you get in the slipstream. 
Oh, so Josh, you're saying that part of the convoy is that someone goes behind while the other goes in front. You've got to have a peloton. Why? You've got to have a peloton. Why do you love it so much? I don't love it so much. You make out like everything I'm fucking obsessed with. <laughs> do you it's think he's like, obsessed with convoys? He insists no, on them. When Doesn't we he? go to a music festival because you want to be in queue together and arrive at the same time. That's together. right. Josh likes being part of the pack. You're just the yellow jersey winner. Bone to, <laughs> bone to pick with Josh. I got a bone to pick. Why are you saying in queue together and not in a queue together or uh, in the queue together? Yeah, you're, you're right. Saying yep. In queue together. Yeah, that's weird. Bone to pick withdrawn. Played in reverse. <laughs> Dion, most of your bone to picks this season have been pulling people up for grammar. No, pulling Josh up for grammar. <laughs> or pronunciation. <laughs> Just to get back to, to Chris for a moment. Um, I was actually thinking uh, that if he had called me that morning, mm. um, I'm not sure that I would have picked up. I probably would have let it ring through. Um, then it it occurred to me, I don't know whether other people screen phone calls or if that's just something that I personally do. To either of you, will you receive a call, look at who it is and maybe go, eh, not right now. <laughs> uh, well, I can tell you the people that I do that with. <laughs> we've, got, we've got time uh, Not really, no I mean, we've, we've talked about this I think we talked about this in, in season four That um, the best call is a car-to-car call mm. And you would never screen You'd almost take like a, a spam call in the car <laughs> oh, you just yeah. do it to have a bit of fun Yeah. But in terms of screening calls, I don't think so I mean, I'm in different mindsets when I'm answering calls But do you, Christian? Well, I will if it's someone who's going to take Ages on the phone. If I know that this person is historically a chatter, oh, a chatterbox, I've, con- <laughs> I've conditioned them years ago. What do you mean you've conditioned? You've taught them yeah. that you're going to hang up yeah, early. Yeah, I mean you should be able to get out of conversation whenever you want. Surely you should just be able to go. My thing is just I need to go. I need to go poo. <laughs> That's your best hour. That's what I say. Hang on, hang on. If you said that to me, I'd say take the phone in there. <laughs> yeah, and I would, and we'd FaceTime. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't really screen the. Per- I do the. I do like a, a variant on the screening the call where it is not so much about who's calling, but it is the context with which I'm in at that moment. Yes, right. So if I am in bed, for instance, I will not answer that phone. Mm. If if I'm doing, if I'm like going somewhere or doing something, if it's like a transit thing, yeah, just get it every time. But I don't. I don't really have many friends that I jump on the phone and have a chat with. Like I don't have that. So I feel that's a weight off my shoulders. That if someone's calling. There's probably a really clear, decisive purpose and you can get in and get out. I mean, Christian, it doesn't sound like you have multiple friends that do this. I think you're probably, I don't know who it is, but you're probably honing in on one friend. Do they listen to this podcast, Christian? One friend that calls you too much and talks for too long. (laughs) It's my mum. Yes. (laughs) Honestly, Josh, you saw me on the phone the other day. Can you please tell this? This is incredible. Honestly, (laughs) she called up to say, I'm at the grocery store. Do you want anything? Yeah. Christian lives out of home <laughs> as well. Yeah, but but when mum goes to the shops, yeah, it's nice. It's really nice. Yeah. The thing is, she calls, and I do, and I don't want to screen it, but my god, <laughs> I'll pick up and and she'll start her story like this. So, I heard that you're going over to your sister's tonight, and I I think that because you're going over to your sister's, then you'll have some dinner. So if you're going to be having dinner there, you're probably going to need some food. Um, I'm a, I'm at the grocery stores now, but I was just wondering if Bloody if you're going to be at Jasmine's house, then you'll need some food. So do, should I be picking up food for you <laughs> at Jasmine's house? Because 
if you're there and you're going to cook, then Daniel, he'll be hungry too. So if I pick up food and I, and the whole time I just go, ma, no, I don't want anything. That's it. And the conversation will go for another five minutes. The best part was it was like, you could tell Christian was like very clear. He's like, no, I don't. It's fine. And all all I could hear was his side. It was like, no, no, thanks. Yeah. Nope. Don't need it. (laughs) But did she ask at the start, hey, have you got a couple of minutes? It was just dive straight into the produce section. She doesn't care. (laughs) She doesn't. She doesn't, doesn't care if I've got minutes. What do you mean? So you're just. You, has your has your mum or dad ever asked Dion? You got a couple of minutes for a chat. Uh, I don't. My parents tend to text me and say they're very respectful with that stuff to the point oh, of being wow. annoying. Well, they'll text me and they'll go, "Hey, can I give you a call?" I'm like, "Just that, call me." No, that's perfect. Is it? Oh. That is the oh, best. They are gonna love this. They that, love no, this. that should be everyone's system. The absurd thing with calling someone is you're saying to them, "Hey, I expect you to be able to talk to me right now." That's mental. It is. That I'm is ready so to absurd. Talk. Yeah. I'm ready to talk, so I'm calling you. And don't you get? I get a little bit frustrated that the person didn't pick up. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. Why aren't you? It's great when they do pick up. It's awesome when you call someone and they caught them at the right time. Oh, I love when they don't know because at least it showed intent. <laughs> <laughs> but your folks doing that, yeah. I've never heard of someone doing that and that is so respectful. They do it all the time. That is so... No, okay. it's, it's not respectful because I tell them not to. So it's against my wishes. <laughs> no, but surely you're like... But isn't it perfect? Because you go, yeah, I'm free to chat or no, I'm not. No, I think I like the idea of my folks spontaneously calling me. <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. That's nice. Like yeah. a friend. Yeah. Just not just not pinning me down about vegetables for 15 minutes. Yeah. But I like, I know, I, I really like that idea that they're just like, hey, I'll just, I think I've seen it in pop culture. What's <laughs> I've that? seen it in pop culture, just mums ringing sons and daughters and going, hey, what's up? Yeah. Is that why? So when you finish. Trust talk- me, you don't want that. <laughs> When you finish talking, you don't actually say goodbye. You just hang up. Yeah, <laughs> It's unbelievable how often that happens in movies. The movies I've seen, which is two of them. But just the, the, the hanging up thing. No goodbye. I always say goodbye. Always. <laughs> Everyone always says goodbye. Yeah, it's very odd, isn't it? It's strange. See what I do? I just text afterwards and say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for Oh Wow of the Week. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Within 24 hours of birth, a female horse, also known as a filly, is able to gallop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Now, since the early days of Welcome to Patchwork, I've given everyone some insight into the behaviour of my nonno. He's the quintessential Italian patriarch who encourages me to start the day with a shot of olive oil, travels an hour from his home to buy his eggs and will systematically poison Australian native flora to improve his beachfront view. <laughs> it's on this final point that I'd like to pick a fresh story from Nonnal's Veggie Patch. Now, we had a lot of positive feedback following my story from Nonnal's Veggie Patch in Patch 52. People couldn't get enough of him. I received message after message. What's his name? Where does he live? It's illegal to harass possums. <laughs> but, while, but while we've got the paint cans out, I thought I'd quickly tell you all a story about my nonno, the DIYer. Nonno has always had a fix-it attitude. There was never a slightly broken object that he couldn't repair with a little sticky tape and string. I remember walking around the back of his old shop and my mum cautioning me to watch my step. 
if I accidentally leaned against this shelf, the domino effect of counterbalances and pulley systems could very well lead to a tsunami in Japan. <laughs> Nonno was the Italian butterfly flapping his wings in a proverb that doesn't quite work. <laughs> To properly set the scene of this story, I need to take you back to the mid-90s. My nonno decided to follow the trend of the other Italian families in his community and buy a cheap, run-down beach property on the coast of Port Phillip Bay of Melbourne in a suburb called Rye. Now, this beach property became his pet project and to this day is still in the family. Now, when I say coast, I really do mean coast. The house is a literal stone's throw from the beach, separated only by a two-lane road. Stand at the front door and you'll be looking directly out to the soft sand and gentle waves of Rye Beach. More about this beautiful view later. First, let me tell you a little about my nonno, the DIYer. Nonno was unhappy with the colour of the weatherboard and brick beach house he had purchased. <laughs> Wanting to keep up with the trendy Italian families and not having the money to spend, Nonno thought he'd take it upon himself to render the entire house. Now... If you're a normal individual looking to undertake this project, you'd probably engage a professional tradesman, seek quotes, and definitely read the first results in a Google search for house rendering, which says, technically, you can render your exterior walls on your own. <laughs> DIY rendering can be difficult, time-consuming, expensive in the long run, especially if you don't have the training or equipment necessary to do a good job. But as I said, Nonno has a fix-it attitude. Well, he would have thought, there's a beach right there, and I've got all of this leftover yellow paint from painting possums. I'll just do it all myself. I still remember getting a phone call from my mum. Christian, when are you going up to Nonno's beach house next? I don't know, mum. Probably soon. Please do. Nonna just told me that Nonno has rendered the garage and is about to do the rest of the house. <laughs> Thank God I arrived in time. Nonno was in the process of turning our family beach house into a grade five science project. <laughs> he had literally grabbed an entire bucket of sand from the beach dumped it into a yellow paint can and stirred it with a large tree branch. Unbelievable. He must have thought he was doing a pretty great job because he wasn't just painting the walls. He had started painting the rocks at the front of the house too. <laughs> what? Just sad from the beach. Now you may say, Christian, it sounds like your nonno just loves painting. Why haven't you encouraged this expression of creativity through other outlets? Well, let me take you back to that beautiful view I was telling you about earlier. Then, maybe then you'll understand my next response. My nonno doesn't think twice about giving in to his instincts. He has no hesitation when expressing his creative impulses. Anytime, any place. In fact, you might even say the natural world is his canvas and liters upon liters of methylated spirits are the paints he uses to realize his dream landscapes. When nonno first bought the property many years ago, the beach had scarcely been touched by man. From one of the earliest photos I was shown of the house, you could barely see the clear blue water of the bay through the thick row of Australian flora that lined the street. For Nonno, such a vista simply wouldn't do. How is he supposed to see the beach that he literally, in 25 years, would never once step foot on if his view was covered with these pesky native trees? Those trees had their time in the sun. Now it was Nonno's turn. Now, this story is told to the children of our family as if it was simple folklore. Nonno and his neighbour decided that one year, they had had enough of their blocked view. They made a plan. Each and every time one of them would drive down to their beach property, they would cross the road with a bottle of methylated spirits and empty its contents over the roots of the trees directly across from their properties. No loud noise. No violence. 
This needed to be clean, professional. Weeks turned to months. Months turned to years. If you ever ask my nonna what the price of methylated spirits is, he'll tell you where to find the best discount in any suburb around town. After years and years of persistent, calculated murder, a genocide of Australian wildlife, the job was done. One day during the wintertime, when all of the holiday houses were empty, the council came and removed the lifeless stumps from where they once stood. To this day, our family beach house has a completely unfettered view of the entire of Port Phillip Bay. It would seem as though when you're poisoning treat roots indiscriminately, there's a fair chance there'll be some collateral damage. And there's a fair chance that that collateral damage will one day turn into a car park because the earth has been completely scorched and is now devoid of life. So next time you're visiting Rye, why don't you pop into Nonnul's for a coffee? Don't worry about the address. You won't miss it. It's the house with the only clear view of the beach in a 30-kilometre stretch of coastline. I was at the theatre the other night uh, seeing a show and uh, something that happened, you know, you're always sitting in your seat, maybe at the cinema or the theatre, and someone will arrive and be further in than you and you'll have to either stand up to let them pass or slide your legs to the side. Mm -hmm. And generally it's before the show, but sometimes it happens when the thing has started. Mm, Very frustrating. And one thing that happened is that these people were coming in and what they were doing, so the show's on and as they're coming past, they're still verbally apologising to people. So, they're going <laughs> through the eye going, sorry, sorry, excuse me, sorry, sorry. And I, and I thought, is it better? I was like, I think I'd shut up. I think if I was doing that, I would cop it on the chin and presume that everyone knows I'm sorry instead of verbally competing with the show nah. that you're seeing. Wait, nah. whenever we play Forgive Me Father, you are saying it verbally. <laughs> <laughs> you're interrupting. Yeah, there's not a bloody priest in the cinema to be confession, Dion. <laughs> He's watching a movie. <laughs> He's watching a movie. I am completely against you, Josh. A hundred percent, there needs to be verbal communication with the people it, sitting down. But it disturbs the experience of watching the movie or watching the show more because you're verbally interrupting. That's not, my issue. Why not so a little you, tap on the leg? A, a little tap? <laughs> a little tap on the leg? No, we no, got to no. grab some of their popcorn. No. <laughs> no, just no, a little get, tap. Just go, hey, sorry. Excuse me. You're talking. <laughs> you're talking. Yeah. You're talking. Yeah. No, but I'm, yeah. I'm not saying there's... It's not about um, alerting them or giving them attention. It's purely to be polite, to go, I'm sorry, I'm doing this. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So you're just going to oh. you're, you're slide past, bump legs indiscriminately and say absolutely nothing. You do it in the same fashion moving through. You just don't verbalize it. So you're, yours is a mime. I'm doing big frown faces like, ooh. I so there, there's two shows at the theater tonight. <laughs> But then you then you risk being seen as super inconsiderate because not only have you come in late, you haven't thanked the person for letting you through. Yeah. See. Uh, yeah. See. De- see. That's the thing. I reckon there's two. There's two words. There's sorry and there's thank you. I'm thanking the people for scooching the legs or standing up tall and letting me through, mm. or I'm apologising to the people who are ignoring me. But isn't it so indiscriminate when you're doing that? There's no. It's like a scattergun. There's no aiming the sorries or the thank yous. It's like, sorry, sorry, yeah. thank you, excuse me. Yeah, sorry, but that's, sorry. every single one has a slightly <laughs> yeah, different way different. that it's said. Yeah, it's sorry, true. sorry, thank, <laughs> thank you. How do yours go, Dion? Um, mine's, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm thinking, like, when I'm uh, arriving at something late, I try and wait for a break, yes. like an act 
<laughs> Are you serious? Yes. Or an interval? No, not an interval. Obviously, well, not no, an interval. At the theater. sporting sporting events, a perfect thing. Yes. Wait for the break. Yes. Your your prior you don't have a priority in getting to your seat more than I have priority in seeing the action. So, like, say you're at the footy after a goal, you're at the cricket between overs, yeah. that kind of nah. thing. Yeah. That's nah. easy to do. How much are they missing when you walk past? I, I don't. I can't believe the people who are like, oh. This guy. Oh, you know what? I'm one of those people. Why? Wait, it's inconsiderate. I'm amazed you're not like that. But it's what's inconsiderate about going to your seat? Because Being you're in the blocking way. someone's view. For what? All of four or five seconds? No. Which could be amazing. But it's oh. not. No, 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 no. But it's not the, it's the attention. The attention is taken <laughs> away from the viewing experience. You're like, yeah. oh, hang on. I've got to look to my left, see yeah. the person. I've got to look down, shuffle my legs back. So you're saying it disrupts your kind of, you're in the game. Yes. You're, yes. you're in the film. Exactly. Yes. And then you're out of it. Yes. yes. Even like they can do that. But if they turn around and go, oh, and they're, they're sort of, you know, they bob down a little bit, then that's great. That's awesome. But if they just are there, they've got no consideration, hate it. I'm going to flip it on you two now. Do you move your legs to the left or right? Actually... So someone's walking in yeah. on your left, okay? Mm-hmm. This is and the big can, stuff, isn't it? <laughs> and okay, so so we're at we're at a we're at a cinema. Yep. yep. Twenty minutes in. Yep. Okay. This we're person <laughs> disrupting all the cinema with our podcast. The three of us. <laughs> Guys, sorry. Do you mind? <laughs> Every single joke. Um. So someone's coming in from your left. Okay. Are you moving your legs to the right? Moving your legs to the left, or are you standing? Dion? I Well, personally, because I'm not as tall as you guys, I'm able to just shift my legs to the right if they're coming from the left. <gasps> Good, shift okay. Shift to the right. Just ask back into the seat, shift them to the right, never standing up. I don't need to stand up. I don't need to stand up. It's not necessary. <laughs> There's a clear path. I... I, I Compact enough. Yeah, so that's the thing. So you are compact enough. Yes. But then take it to Long Legs Porter over here. I think we all understand how compact <laughs> I am, despite the length of my legs. Yeah. So ordinarily, someone of your height, I'd get up straight away, right? So, for a follow-up question: Are there people in my seat to the left and to the right? Yes. Oh, yes, okay. there are. Great. So what I will do, I won't go the full stand up, <laughs> but often I will sort of. Lift my bum a yes. little bit oh, and slide yes. back. Yeah, and just bring the knees in. Bring yeah, the knees it's in like tight. a core exercise. Yeah, yeah. You're really challenging your abs in that yeah. moment. Christian, you do the same thing. Yeah, I'll do that. But Dion, I really appreciate that you say <laughs> you move your legs to the right because it gives. I them appreciate a, hearing that. <laughs> it, it gives them a smooth surface if they do collide with you. Some people go; they'll turn their legs to the left, and you've got all knee. But yeah, I, th- yeah, I think, yeah. but traditionally, I think I when I do just do the leg turn because also depends if you're in a seat that flips up or a seat that's permanent yeah, you know how okay. the seats that can flip down yeah. yep. is often I will flip the legs towards the person because then I know the exact moment when I need to retract the most and it's like you just need to squeeze past yes. that point oh. and then you can relax oh so you're you're pulling yourself into I the really seat. go so my if I, my knees go left and they're coming left it's like yep. okay wait for them and then th- that moment they're there then you're like back an extra inch oh. and then they're through wouldn't okay. you let them do that on the right hand side no no because I want to have most control over them not touching me <laughs> oh, okay so it's about avoiding the touch for you yeah you gotta you gotta be courteous about stuff yeah okay. if it's an older person they're sitting down next to you just push them and, it, <laughs> and it's a fold down seat Will you ever assist in the mechanism of putting the I'll seat putting it down? down? 
Um, you wouldn't, Josh. What about you, Christian? No, I had it, no, I had it on a tram. When they had the, the trams have some of them. Um, a guy yeah, had a come lot of sit stuff. in this urine next to me. <laughs> a guy had a bunch of stuff in his hands, and I I could see him trying to get it between. I was like, I'll just put it down. For yeah, you, that's mate. nice. There you go. Did Take you appreciate seat. it? Uh, yeah, yeah. You want to thank you in that situation, at, don't you? At what point did you release your hand from the seat, though? <laughs> um, you sort of do it down as much as you can, and then you got a, as light a touch as possible. And as soon as his bum's over it and it's going to catch, you, you're sweet. What if it doesn't? Then you're responsible for him then falling to the ground. Yeah, and you've let it off too early. That's completely your fault. Yeah, mate. There's a very fine line nah, be- good. between groping <laughs> and him falling to the ground. <laughs> what about if the person on your left wants to uh, get out of their seat yep. and then climb over the back of the seats by putting a foot on the on oh, the seat? Do you on. do you assist with that seat going down? Oh, it's the Australian oh. way. It yeah. is, isn't it? It's yeah. very Australian. <laughs> <laughs> for all the cat and the cane. My other question Now let's flip it again So you're the person coming through right You're the person putting the other people Sure. Are you going face towards the front Or face towards the people Or are you charging Straight (laughs) Yeah like you don't turn left you don't turn right I go go the sidestep shuffle You have to go sidestep shuffle You're you're flatter that way (laughs) Yeah Sorry what You're flatter Flatter Flatter. Yeah and how much some of us, <laughs> some of us. <laughs> how much care? What about if you hit a, a shoe on your <laughs> on your way through? See that you're apologising. Is... You shouldn't, right? Okay, so and then so... you got to warn everyone. Shoe, <laughs> shoe, watch out, guys. What What do you do if you're if you're walking through that that front section and there are obstacles in your way? Yeah, a bag, a beer. Oh well, what do you expect someone to do with a bag in front of them? Do you want them to put that bag on their lap, push it under? Mm. They've got to get the fuck out of the way, don't they? Yeah, I think the bag just needs to go underneath, and it's your responsibility to step over and take those big steps over the top. Mm. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Bag goes underneath, underneath yeah. the seat. Pull right? it back as much as you can. No, yeah. but it's an easement. <laughs> Legally, that's an easement. You have the right to pass through there. You have the li- you have the right for clear passage. No, no, but that's that's their nature strip. They're allowed. Oh. They're allowed to have things on their nature strip. But I'm allowed to walk on your nature yeah, that's strip. True. You are, and it's your job not to trip on my rubbish that's on my nature strip. That why is it rubbish on your nature strip? It's my nature strip. Don't you worry about why. <laughs> I'll put whatever I want on my nature strip, okay? And if it's a bag of popcorn, it's a bag of popcorn. And you've got to step over that. That's your job. That's your responsibility. What if you get hurt on someone's nature strip? What happens? Whose fault is that? Are you talking about an actual nature strip or in the cinema? Both. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just nature, isn't it? (laughs) It's in the case of Dion versus nature. (laughs) What I will do, though, sometimes is depending on what obstacles are in front of me, I will sometimes switch as I'm going through the aisle. So because oh, crutch, crutch first, and then because the, you can do a nice squeeze body turn to get the other leg over. Because sometimes that like the little shuffle Jesus. sideways, it's no good. You, you, sometimes you yeah. need a big step to get over something, so you you pivot, do a big step over the top. Out of interest, when you're booking tickets for an event and there's a like a, a long row, are you wanting to be at the ends of those rows? I've always sort of thought mm. I've tried to consider. Where am I going to get interrupted the most? If I'm in the middle, if I'm dead in the middle, maybe not as much as being on an aisle. I think it really depends. No, no, no. Think about think, it, Josh. You give me that face. No, 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 Because you're relying on people. Go- no, 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 no. It really depends on your bowel control. If True. You, if you've got... Let's discuss that then. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a strong bladder, you've got to go in the middle. No, okay. The look I was giving you, Dion, was yeah. like, of course you're less interrupted if you're in the middle. Because no one's walking in front of you because no, you're in the middle. No, but if deceptively that row 
like someone next. So let's say you're in the middle row. Someone to your right thinks that for some reason on the left hand side that's the closer side. No, People are crossing not. all the way over. Dion, yeah. Dion, you've just taken a step back. Let me get it back for you, okay? okay? Thank you, Dion's asking, what's a better seat? The aisle of one of those long passageways or the center? Now, there's a lot of arguments to say that the aisle is much, much better. And are we excluding the viewing experience? Uh, yes, let's say that all things you have considered. Because otherwise you always get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. All things considered, same viewing experience is a very large cinema. <laughs> Yep. It's a couple of hundred meter long cinema, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. I would argue that the seat on the edge is preferable. You guys are idiots. Are you getting there early or late? No, no, this is a book seat. Book I booked seat. this online. Booked I mean, it. I'm an idiot I've, that's booked chosen, it online. I've chosen the seat, yeah. <laughs> okay, so anyone that comes after you is disturbing you versus you're the only one who can disturb someone when you're in the middle. That's not taking into account Christian's bladder, Josh, <laughs> and I wish you would. But Josh, what about going and purchasing drinks? Then, okay, but that's not inconveniencing you. That's inconveniencing other people because you're the one making the movement. You're no, leading the charge. No, it's right, shit for him how, as well. How easy is it if you're on the aisle to just get up, get out? Yeah, but I guess that doesn't occur to me. It's a quick escape route. Yeah, sure. And I never do that. When I go to watch something, I sit and watch it the whole time. You don't. You never get up. I've never got up to go and get more food or go to the toilet any time I've been to the cinema or the theatre. Have what? you ever gone to the bathroom during a movie? Never. Oh my god! What? So have you ever Water, had water to? rings? Never. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about um a test cricket match? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. When I'm when I'm watching the cricket for eight hours, <laughs> I will go to the toilet. Obviously, you guys do it all the time. Get up during something. Well, I yeah. I, I, I it's only something that's happened in the last few years for me. Oh, What's no. the most number of times you can get up without? Pissing off the person next to you or the person on the if, aisle. If you don't get up enough times, then you're pissing on that person yeah. next to you. <laughs> um, I would say you got probably a two allowance until, and then after two, they're just profuse apologies. Yeah, no, no. After two, you sit in the aisle. You <laughs> sit on the stairs. <laughs> really? If you go, if you go out for a third time, you do not come back to Wh- that. Why set. do you have so little um, tolerance for small bladders? Um, well, if you know yeah, that, Josh. But you guys <laughs> seem to know you have small bladders, so you should sit on the aisle. No, seat. no, I don't no. have a small bladder. No, no, Let no, me get this right. I hate for people to think <laughs> yeah, I've got a small bladder. Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. It's more my consideration for other people with small bladders. You should see oh. Dion's bladder. It's yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll post it on social media. <laughs> this no, bladder is huge. No, I just don't. I don't. I can't trust my bladder I can't trust it because there are times where out of nowhere I'll have to go to the bathroom and it will come on like a freight train do you know why you can't trust your bladder and it's the same as me I've got no idea what a bladder looks like (laughs) I think that a bladder is like it's like a whoopee cushion where it's been cut the top's been cut off and you and your stuff's just going in there I, I've got no idea what it looks Have like. Have you ever taken the innards out of a sports ball, like a football or yeah. a basketball? That's a bladder. Oh, is that what it is? I don't know. That's oh, what it looks like okay. in my head. That's what it's called. That's what that thing is called. Oh, Whether yeah. it looks like an actual bladder. That's true. They're called bladders as well. Yeah. Yes, they are. But that's why I feel like if you knew what your internal organs look like, you would have more appreciation for it. <laughs> One of the recurring segments we did uh, in season four was the BBC Radio One DJ trying to find the drop. And that was actually born of an idea that Christian and I had. Um, it was much more absurd to start with because we like the idea of house music relating to the House of Commons in England. <laughs> and so we thought, oh, wouldn't it be funny if there was like a BBC Radio One DJ talking about house music in the House of Commons. So we thought we'd give you a bit of a taste of, of what that original idea probably would have sounded like. You ready, Josh? Yeah. 
Yes, here we are, coming to you live from the House of Commons. we got some big music. We've got some big votes coming up later. <laughs> Those of you here to say aye, say aye. <laughs> here we are, we've got you a big week of sitting in Parliament here. We've got two massive houses. We've got the House of Commons, House of Lords, some great tunes going on in both of those over in uh, the, the, the lower house. <laughs> It's underground, it's downstairs, head down to the basement, get to the lower house. We got a smoke machine there, we got some lasers, it's gonna be massive. And what they're doing down there, they've got some new legislation. Absolutely banging legislation, all new stuff. You've never read this stuff or never heard this stuff before. It's all fresh legislation ready to be passed. And then you're gonna head upstairs, head upstairs to level two, the House of Lords. We got some big lords in there, and let me tell you about those lords, they're really great. At passing that, they got the big mace upstairs, and they're going to be getting that out about midnight, waving it round a bit, and they're going to be sitting up in the VIP section, the very important lords, the VILs, and they're going to be up there talking, debating, and the biggest thing, we got a massive surprise for you guys. We're going to be calling for two hours. It's going to be order, order, order. That's all we're playing for you. Hour after hour, it's going to be fantastic. So make sure you head to the houses, house the parliament, get a big time. Let's make it happen. Usually these retrospectives are a uh, look at the past season, but I'm going to go back to season two where I got very annoyed at my Google Home and I extracted a few clips uh, that you're able to do. You can log <laughs> in to activity.google.com and you can, uh, you can grab all the clips from all the times you've talked to your Google Assistant. So I did that again because I wanted to check in. I wanted <laughs> to see if there are any themes that had developed <laughs> over time. Uh, so I put this little compilation uh, together. Hey, Google, shut up. Hey Google, shut up. Hey Google, shut up. Hey Google, shut the fuck up. Hey Google, shut up. Hey Google, stop making me depressed. Hey Google, shut up. Hey Google, shut up. Hey Google, you're a. Hey Google, play meditation music. So the vitriol is still there. Yeah, and what's amazing is that I literally only needed to go back two months. Yeah. <laughs> two months worth. So always telling to shut up. Shut the fuck up. No, a lot less swag though now. You've, you've, you've toned down on Google. It's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dion, just to remind everyone, you hate that Google <laughs> speaks so much. Yeah. That's your issue with, wa- with a home device that is meant to talk to you. I want to be acknowledged, not talked to. It's just acknowledge me like it does now with lights. The you say, boom, boom. hey, turn on the lights. Boom, boom. That's it. <laughs> Do that with everything. Do that with a... Just, I trust you that you're going to understand it. Do it with a timer. Dion is so frustrated right now. Hey, Google, count down five minutes. Okay, five minutes. No, just, (laughs) all right, cool. I've got it. Like, I've got it. (laughs) It drives me nuts. Really, really good. You know what's really, really good? Really, really good. You know what's really, really good? Every now and then with really good, we like to mix it up a bit. So this week, we've got feely good. You know what's feely good? The ending of the Shawshank Redemption. Ah, feely good. Feely good. Feely good. You know what's feely good? 
That spot of shade under the beach umbrella that saves you from the hot, hot sand. Oh, really, <laughs> good. Really, really good. Really good. Really good. Now, I must have uh, missed the memo on this because I actually thought it was Philly good. <laughs> Do you know what's Philly good? Seeing a filly getting a new hoof fitted with a hammer and a nail without any pain. <laughs> Philly, Philly, Philly good. good. Philly, Philly good. You know what? Thank you for listening to Welcome to Patchwork. That is the final, final episode of season four. Oh, we'll be wow. back for season five in March. As we said at the top of the show, we are performing two live shows at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival at Big Bob Bar. It's smack bang in the city. If you go to the Comedy Festival website, search Welcome to Patchwork, believe it or not, you'll find us <laughs> and you'll be able to buy tickets now. Now, patrons, those of you who are on a tier where you get a free ticket, you will have received an email from us. Just reply to that email. We'll sort you out with tickets. Um, but we are very much looking forward to this. It's going to be heaps of fun. We've mm. done a live show before. We're conditioned. We're good to go. <laughs> and people Let's can, go. People can go back and watch it on YouTube if they like. See the experience that you'll get. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, so we're hoping to fill out the venue. We encourage you to get your tickets pretty quick because we think we're going to sell out. Um, so, yeah, Comedy Festival website. Welcome to Patchwork uh, in April in Melbourne. And by that, Dion means we're calling for sponsors. We want to sell out. <laughs> and Game Boys are back for Comedy Festival again. Uh, we sold out the show last year at Comedy Fest. It's back on again. We're doing two massive shows, bigger venue. We're really upsizing the show. We've got some new surprises, some really cool new fun stuff to do. Um, and we're doing two nights only. It's March 28 and April 4. Um, the April 4 show is actually after the Welcome to Patrick podcast in the afternoon. Oh, so you man. can make it a double. Go to Patrick and the Arvo, Game Boys in the evening. It's going to be great fun. That's a lot of Josh. Yeah. That, and so we know that we've got a lot of listeners around Australia. Make a trip of it. Road trip. Come see Patchwork. Convoy. Go see Game Boys. <laughs> Convoy, bladders, everything. Um, and for Game Boys, we're going to have a promo code for Patchwork. So that's the promo code. You want some cheap tickies as well. So you've got two awesome shows to check out at the festival. You've got Patchwork, two live shows, and you've got two big live Game Boy shows as well. Festival is going to be a lot of fun. On a more serious note, as some of you will know, in Australia, we've been uh, experiencing some um, pretty bad fires here. Uh, the three of us got together and sort of thought about what we can do. We're actually going to uh, donate a month's worth of our um, Patreon contributions from, from you guys. And we're going to give that to the um, Country Fire Authority, the Victorian Country Fire Authority. We're going to put a link in the uh, show notes. Um, so you can click on that link if you'd like to donate. Um, but uh, yeah, we hope you can give generously. And we know we say it a lot. We talk about Patreons a lot. And those of you who are not Patreons, getting a little sick of it. But um, you Patreons, you 90-odd people who have decided, you know what, I am going to make a little contribution to Patchwork. Um, we appreciate it so much. It makes the show possible. Um, it's incredibly generous of you. Um, and we're really, really looking forward to meeting uh, you Patreons at the live yeah. show if you come yeah. along. Um, but also uh, you people who don't give us fun. And, and, and support. ignoring the others. <laughs> But really and truly, it's enabled us to get cameras yeah. to film the show. So we're going to have... Season 5 is going to be a big season. You're going to get edits of clips and you're going to see more of our faces. So really and truly, it's going to be a poorer experience. <laughs> So thank you so much for uh, listening to us. It means the world to us that you tune in every fortnight on a Wednesday morning, hopefully, uh, to listen to our show. So th thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. We'll be back in March. Um, we will see you in person in April. Yeah. Remember to get those tickets because they're going to sell out and you'll be filthy. <laughs> um, but as we do for every patch, we sew a new patch into our quilt of friendship. 
Josh, what patch did you sew in our quilt this week? Thank you, Dion. My patch this week is Nonu pouring methylated spirits all over the legs of the people in his row in an attempt to get them to move. (laughs) (laughs) Christian, what patch did you sew this week? Thank you, Josh. This week, I sewed into my patch, Josh. Happily driving as part of a convoy, switching over to his radio transmitter to hear a familiar voice. Google, shut the fuck up. (laughs) And Dion, what did you sew into your patch this week? My patch this week is Christian and his nonu going for a holiday to Hawaii with the purpose of rendering the sky, the ocean and all of the surface bladders. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening to season four of Welcome to Patchwork. I've been Dion. I've been Josh. And I've been Christian. Goodbye. 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 Not only did he paint the rocks, he painted the front banister. He painted all the chairs. He painted. He's not. He's not right, is he? Well, you should see his backyard. He's painted like every couple of years. He paints everything white, and then the next couple of years he'll paint it black. Oh, he's not right at all. And he'll just. He's bored.